Good morning and welcome to our service today. We're very glad you're joining us and we look forward to worshiping together and, and hearing what God has for us in his word today. I want to start the service off a little differently by asking you a question. What is the mission of the church and how do we accomplish that mission in today's world? So the mission of the church is, is very simple. It's a, there is a universal mission for the church, for all Christians, um, that every church does and says a little differently. Uh, the mission comes from Matthew 28 and Matthew 22. Matthew 22, 28, the great commandment, the great commission. To love God, to love others, and to make disciples. That is the universal mandate, the universal mission for the church, uh, for for all believers, to love God, love others, and make disciples. So how do we do that in today's world? Now, I don't have a great, question, a great answer for you. I'm not going to blow your mind uh, by saying something profound right now. Uh, I'm just going to leave you with that, that lingering question. How do we accomplish that mission? How do we accomplish that mandate? How do we love God, love our neighbor, love others, uh, and make disciples right now, in the time we're in right now, where, where we need a social distance, where we need to self-isolate. How do, you do, how do we keep doing that? Because just because our circumstance may have changed does not mean our mission has changed. So I'll leave that question with you. I look forward to hearing and, and seeing the ways in which uh, God leads us in, in answering those questions. Um, and, and I'll leave that with, with you to be thinking about and praying over, over the next few weeks. Uh, there's just a few announcements before we uh, move to a time of prayer, and then we'll have a time of worship, and Dan is going to uh, share with us. First is that uh, our e-bulletin goes out every week. Uh, if you're not receiving that, please uh, let us know. Um, let the church know. Please let, uh, let us know in some way by calling us or emailing us. And if you are receiving that, sorry, my phone is being a little bit silly. If you are receiving the e-bulletin, uh, please read it carefully because you will see in this last, uh, the last two e-bulletins that there's a special thing happening uh, this Wednesday. Uh, there's a special thing. I'm not going to talk about it. It's, it's all in the bulletin, the e-bulletin, um, and uh, all the details are there. It's very exciting, and we ask that you join us uh, for that, Thursday, uh, that Wednesday, this Wednesday, uh, coming up. Also, uh, kind of a weird mix of feelings uh dan this is his second last service um this is his last week in the office this coming week and and next sunday will be his last uh, sunday preaching uh, and, and with us so that's a kind of a crazy realization and also a time of joy he will be able to spend time with wendy again with his his family again and uh uh, that's exciting, but it is sad to bring this time to, to an end. So be praying for uh, all of us on staff as we say goodbye, as a church as we say goodbye, and for Dan and Wendy as they say goodbye to us and as they move on uh, to the next thing that the Lord has for them. Uh, be praying for them and, and be praying for the Greens as they move uh, into Saskatchewan uh, this coming week. Uh, they don't start work until uh, May, so he's not working for us yet, but he, he needs our prayer. He needs our prayer because there's a lot of change. Uh, there's a lot that needs to happen. And there's a lot of emotions going through this time of change as he's been at Miller for a long time. So be praying for both of, of them as they're experiencing different uh, transitions. And be praying for the leadership of our church, uh, for our church as a whole, that, that 
uh, we can be prepared and ready for, uh, for all things during this time of transition and all the different emotions we'll experience. Uh, last announcement is a really exciting one. Josh Hall and Emily Martin got engaged last weekend, and so did Zach Ossertois and uh, Taylor Martin. Uh, they got engaged as well last weekend. In fact, I think they got engaged near the same time, uh, though, it, they, they, though they didn't know it or plan it, I believe, to my knowledge. Uh, congratulate them, send them an email, send them a text. Uh, Josh Hall and Emily Martin and Zach Ossertois and Taylor Martin got engaged. So congratulations, you guys. That's very exciting news. We're excited to see you guys start uh, this this time of pre preparation to prepare for marriage and excited to see how God uh, uses you guys in the future to uh, do amazing things for him. So uh, what an exciting thing that is right now to be able to celebrate with them. Uh, let's uh, turn to a time of prayer and I just want to state one thing before uh, I pray and that is that this prayer uh, will look a little different and that there's a lot of things uh, that I will not be praying for necessarily, but that doesn't mean let's not pray for them. Um, please uh, look at the, the e-bulletin. There's a list of things to pray for, for our international workers, for other churches, for other people. Uh, pray for them, uh, even if I'm not doing that right now, be praying for them, and let's lift them up as a, as a church in prayer. So let's pray right now. Oh Lord God, thank you so much for this time where we can meet together, where we can fellowship together, even at a distance. Lord, thank you for uh, your spirit which unites all of us, that, that makes us one, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to know in a new way how we can fulfill your mission for us, your mission for us individually and as a church. Lord, I ask that you prepare our hearts during this time of worship to meet with you. Pre prepare our hearts to praise you. And Lord, prepare our hearts and our ears uh, for the words that you have prepared for us through Dan. And Lord, I, I ask that you help us to change, in some way to change for your honor, for your glory, because of what your Spirit is telling us, what you are telling us through your word and during this time that we have together. So Lord, I thank you for this. I ask you to pray a blessing over all of us, over the service and over us who, who are watching it. And Lord, may we, in all we do, honor you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. i 
has paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Praise the Father, praise the Son. 
starting at verse 31 to 35. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, Where I am going you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and thanks for the opportunity that we have, though we are gathered in different homes, uh, that we are still coming together to worship you and to praise and adore you. Lord, I ask that you would bring life to the words I'm about to speak, Lord, and that only the truth would go forth and only the truth would be received. And I pray it in the wonderful name of Christ. Amen. Many years ago, there was a, a teenage boy in Milwaukee who had cancer and was receiving chemo treatments and as a result, lost all of his hair. And one night he was coming home from the hospital feeling kind of down, kind of discouraged, and he walked into his home and flipped on the lights and over 50 people jumped out and yelled surprise. And of course he was surprised, but more than just the fact that those people were there, he was really surprised because every last one of those 50 people had shaved their heads so that they would look just like him. This became a major news item. Most of the, the major uh, news outlets in the U.S. carried it. And what was it about something like that that would become such a, a major item in, in news in the United States of America? Well, I, th I think what it was, was that it was this absolute example of love in action. Here, here was 50 people who were willing to sacrifice to be able to say to this young man, we love you. And, and, and of course, love is a very popular topic today. There's songs written about it. There's, there's books written about it. I, I don't know if you know this, that romantic novels are uh, the major one, number one booksellers in North America. Uh, and, and, and people crave love. They're, they're willing to do almost anything for it. And, and for Christians, the, the, our love is so much different than the world's. The world's talk, the world's love is so much more talk than anything else. For us as Christians, love is our way of walking, not just talking. We don't just talk about love. We want to walk it. We want to live it out in our lives. And, and Jesus did this. He demonstrated his love in very clear ways. And in the text this, this morning, he, he calls the people who are there, the disciples who are there, and he calls us today to do the same thing. He calls us to love in very productive ways, very 
real and, and, and significant ways in the lives of others. And, and when we are filled with the love of Christ, it, it comes out of us. And we don't want to just tell people we love them. We want to show them that we love them. Love is, is really the key. The key to healthy relationships, whether it's a marriage or family, uh, just other relationships. And certainly it's the key to a healthy church, to a church being all that God intended it uh, to be. You see, the church is not to be a country club. The church is, is at least one picture of the church, is to be a hospital for the hurting, a place of safety and, and, and a place of refuge for those who are broken by the storms of life. And this happens, we become that kind of a church when we are walking and living out Christ's love daily uh, in our lives. And, and, and he wants, God wants his church to be productive. He wants it to be reproductive. In other words, to attract people to the love of Christ through us. And, and, and in order for a church to be productive, in order for a church to be reproductive, it must be a healthy church. People are drawn to Christ. And I believe that people are drawn to his church because they see the church as a place of love and a place of, of caring. And they experience that through us when they come. Now, people may come to church for a whole variety of reasons. Maybe they come because of certain programs or ministries uh, that are being offered in the church. Uh, maybe they're coming because they're lonely. Maybe they're coming because they see a change in someone else's life. Maybe they're coming because the pastor is a good preacher. But beloved, they will not stay for those reasons. They will stay only if they encounter and see and experience the love of Christ through his people in his church. They've got to see that in order for them to stay and to want to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And so in our text this morning, we see in, in this act of, of Jesus washing the disciples' feet, we, we see three ways that, that we can live out and practice love in action. Because you see, we have to understand something Christian love, really above almost anything else, that Christian love is, is an act of love. It's not a passive, it's an act of love. And Jesus says that love in action is personal. It's personal. The New, New Testament commands us to love God. It commands us to love our spouse. It commands us to, to love uh, our, our families. And it commands us to love even our enemies. But in this passage, Jesus is not necessarily talking about any of those. What he's saying is he wants us to love one another. Who's the one another? It's our brothers and our sisters within the church. Anytime you see one another in the New Testament, it's always a reference to people who are already in the church. The disciples came from different backgrounds. They had different temperaments and, and different ideas and different beliefs. But Jesus brought all of those people with all of those different things together. And he had them call, the, he called them to love one another. Just think about the campfire at night when they were stopped and they were camping and they were sleeping. 
And just think of some of the people that were there. You had Simon the Zealot. And as a zealot, he wanted to overthrow the Roman government by force. And he would have detested anybody who cooperated with the Romans. But who else was around that campfire? Matthew, the tax collector, who did exactly that. He cooperated with Roman authorities. And yet somehow, Simon the Zealot and Matthew came together and served Christ together and loved one another. And friends, those disciples are no different than you and I today. Just look around uh, next time you're able to come to church uh, as a group. Just look around you, and you're going to see people of different beliefs, of different backgrounds, of different ethnicities, uh, you know, different values, different interests, all of those things. And we're not called to come together and agree on everything, but we are called to love one another in spite of, in the midst of, our differences. It's interesting to me that God nowhere calls us in the scriptures to agree with everything that ever that everyone believes or, or thinks, that, that we're all different. Uh, he, he, he never suggests that there shouldn't be differences among us. He simply calls us to love, to love even in the differences. Because the reality is there's always going to be different beliefs among us. I don't care who we are. We, can, we have different beliefs in families, and, and we certainly have different beliefs uh, in churches. And, and, and so it's important for us Jesus says here, that we still love one another. In fact, of those, I think, 63 or so one another's in the New Testament, the most common one is to love one another. And the word that he uses here is a very familiar word. If you've been a Christian for a while, this Greek word agape, which really means the unconditional love of God that we show uh, to other people, even to those that we disagree with. And even, see, here's the reality, beloved, if we wait until we have total agreement with one another, I don't know if there's anybody in the face of the earth that we could ever really love, because we all are different. There's another Greek word that is used. It's not used here, but I think it's important to, to think about is this Greek word, phileo, like the city Philadelphia in the States, is a city of brotherly, Adelphos, and Phileo, brotherly love, the city of brotherly love. And this is a different kind of love. It, it, it's certainly within sort of the, the, the purview uh, of agape, but, but it means to delight in somebody. It means to be fond of them, uh, to, to, to set your heart upon them. And, and, and this is the kind of love that we need to cultivate in the church, certainly at, uh, agape, but also this phileo love. The kind of love which just says, hey, we're buddies. I like you. I, I, I want to defend you, and I want to support you, and I want to encourage you. But we know, don't we, that sadly the church has not always demonstrated that kind of love within the body of Christ. Someone has called the church the only place that shoots its own wounded. But we demonstrate personal love, when we commit ourselves to protect and support and encourage each other. Because indeed, Christian love is an act of love. And as an act of love, it is productive. But Jesus goes on and he says, not just is it productive, but he says it's practical. Just as I have loved you, he says. 
Elizabeth Browning, the poet, said this, How do I love thee? Let me tell you the ways. Let me count the ways. But Christian love, the love of Christ, lived out in our lives and shining through us, says, How do I love thee? Let me show you the ways. Let me show you the ways. The, the same author, John, wrote in, in 1 John 3.18, and he said this, Let us not love. Let us not love with words uh, uh, or, or, or tongue. He says, no, no, don't love that way. He says, love with actions and in truth. And Jesus' love was an incredibly practical love. He, and it was demonstrated right in our text this morning but by washing the feet of the disciples. And beloved, have you ever noticed how much of Jesus' time was spent doing kind things for others and simply caring for people. And it reminds us that, that practical love means so much more than just seeing that a person has needs, much more than that. It means that we are willing to be used in helping and cooperating with God to meet those needs. In James 2.16 James says some incredibly sobering words that we need to reflect on from time to time. And he says, if a brother or sister is without food or clothes, and we say to them, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but we do nothing to help them. We are practicing, listen to this, we are practicing dead religion. Genuine love is so much more than just a hospitable and a kind attitude. It's more than just being nice to people. It's revealed in our actions. Love in action is service to others. And so practical love often involves sacrificial and servant love. And Jesus does it in the text this morning by performing the job that was actually the role of the lowest servant in a Jewish household at that time. But Jesus did more than just wash their feet. He also tells them, and he tells us through his word, that we ought to do the same. And he's calling me, and he's calling you to be a servant to others. Are we willing to do that, beloved? Are we willing to be a servant? To be servants. Somebody said that I don't mind somebody uh, seeing me as a servant, but I don't like them calling me a servant. In, in other words, we, we want, don't want to be servants like we ought to. And, and in the New Testament, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus uses this man called the Good Samaritan as an example of practical love. You see, the priest and the Levite, they, they may have sympathized with this poor beaten man on the road to Jericho, but they didn't. They weren't loving him because they just continued on. And, and, and they maybe sympathized, but they just tut-tutted and walked away on the other side. But the Good Samaritan would not do that. He did something about the man's situation. He got involved. He got his hands dirty. He shared his time and his talent, and yes, even his treasures to help out. See, beloved, we need to understand that Christian love is not truly Christian love 
until it's given away. And God calls us to share Christ's love and hope and comfort wherever we go to those within the body of Christ, as we say to one another. Now, obviously, it's also to those who do not yet know Christ, but I do believe that it begins with loving one another in the body of Christ because a Christian love, love in action, is a productive love. It, 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 sorry, it, it is a practical love and a personal love. But then he goes on to say that, that love in action is practical. He says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. It's, it's productive. People see it lived out in our lives. And, and, and productive love occurs when we practice personal and productive love. The love of Christ, freely given, changes people. Two of the greatest needs that people have in life is the need to receive love, certainly, but also the need to give love. William Sadler the psychiatrist says the sincere appreciation, the, the sincere acceptance of love would wipe out over half the world's sicknesses, disease, and sorrows. Now, I, I don't know. I'm not as learned as the psychiatrist. I, I don't know if, if that's true or not. But here's what I do know, beloved, that the love of Christ was not given to us so that we could just bask in it and just continually focus on how much Jesus loves me to sort of sit in the hot tub and sing, Kumbaya, Jesus loves me. The love of Christ was given to us to reach out to others because productive love reaches out and it overflows and it's the, it's the kind of love shown to the prodigal son by his father. And he welcomed him back. He accepted him. He welcomed him with open arms and he reached out. His love overflowed. The older brother, on the other hand, his love, if that what you would even call it, actually had the potential to further divide an already broken family. Now, I know one thing after being here for 20 months. I know that Arendelle Alliance Church wants to be known in Saskatoon and wants to be known in the district as a loving, caring church that reaches out to one another with a personal and a practical love that is incredibly productive. We want to be seen as people who are trying to live out Christ's command to love as he did. There's power in productive love, beloved. There's power in it. Another psychiatrist, Christian psychiatrist in Switzerland by the name of Paul Tournier, said, love and friendship bring healing. You may have heard the name Dave Reaver. Dave Reaver was fighting in the Vietnam War, and one day he was about to throw a phosphorus grenade, and a phosphorus grenade was kind of used to burn out underbrush and make sure nobody was hiding there, and he pulled it back like this, and it was about six inches from his face, it actually exploded and, and, and burned him, burned that side of his face right down to his skull. Uh, he, he was very badly burned, almost killed. And, and it's just absolutely unbelievable how badly he was burned. In fact, he was burned so bad because phosphorus sticks on the body and burns even after it's exploded that when they put him on the stretcher, he literally burned through and, and, and fell out. 
And it was just incredible, incredible burns. And finally, he was flown to Japan for treatment and, and then home to the U.S. And, and his wife, Brenda, uh, was uh, about to come visit him. And again, he was almost unrecognizable. In fact, was unrecognizable. And to make things even worse, just before his wife, Brenda, and they'd only been married a little while before he went to Vietnam, just before his wife was to come in, the wife of the man in the bed next to him came in, looked at him, and said, I would be embarrassed to walk down the street with you. And so she, she stuck her the wedding ring on one of his burnt toes and walked out. And Dave Reaver just laid there wondering, is his wife going to do the same thing? And, and, and so he's badly burned. She has to come in. When she comes in, she even has to look at the chart to make sure that he is her husband. And let me just read some of you, read some of this to you. Uh, and he says, uh, the effects of the explosion were devastating. Uh, it grew apart, blown apart his chest and left a gaping cavity. He could literally see his heart beating through the hole. His right hand and left arm were on fire. His head was on fire and had burned his scalp, ears, nose, lips, and eyelids. He was left blind in one eye, deaf in his right ear, and the entire five side of his face, as I said, was burned down to the skull. The right side of his face was blowing back so far his tongue was almost falling out of his mouth. And, and, and so again, this is what he looks like. This, this is what he is. And, and so now he's back in the U.S. and his wife was coming. And, and to, to visit him for the very first time. And she read his tag uh, on his chart, realized it was him. She bent down and she kissed his face. And she looked into his good eye and said, I want you to know that I love you. Welcome home, Davy. Well, Davy was her, her pet name for him. And it just meant so much. And straining to speak, he softly said, I'm sorry, Brenda, but I won't be that good looking anymore. And she said, that's okay, Dave. You weren't that good looking in the first place. And Dave Reaver was changed by his wife's uh, attitude. And, and Dave Reaver ends his account with this statement. And he says, determination kept me alive, but it took love to heal the wounds. And that, beloved, is the power of love in action. And so I want to encourage you that, that we join together as a church, wherever we might be, in our homes or when we're eventually able to worship together again. But let us be a place where love is shown and wounds are healed. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise and thanks for, for your love which has been so, so bestowed upon us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, we don't want to just be those who sit around all day and reflect on how loved we are. But Father, enable us, give us wisdom, Lord, to know how we can be your instruments of love to the people around us. Father, I pray that Arendelle Alliance Church will be further and further known in the city and beyond. This is a church where people really love one another. Amen.
Your feet. 
at your feet.